Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my passion to encourage you and give you tips and tools to make your journey easier. Today's session is why I'm glad I homeschooled through high school. Before we get started, let me remind you that you can access my podcasts on any of the platforms you choose like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course on our Facebook page and YouTube channel as well. So why I'm glad I homeschooled through high school, and let me just say I am not saying that everybody should homeschool through high school because I know that everybody's situation is different and you've got different seasons in life, you've got different um, challenges. Sometimes you might be a single mom, you might have a child with cancer in your family like we did for a while. You might be sick yourself. I know there's lots of different reasons that you might choose to put your kids in school during high school. But let me just tell you why I am glad that I homeschooled through high school. There's some very important reasons. And you know, before I get started, let me just say that I'm in a very unique position in life right now. I have 14 kids. And my youngest is actually moving out this month, the end of this month. I will have had kids in my home for 46 years. <laughs> That's a long time. And it's bittersweet having her move out. I'm happy for her. Um, you know, she's 24. She's moving in with a friend. They've planned this for years. So I'm not sad about that. But I just want to say that I am so glad that I homeschooled my kids through high school because during that time I was able to develop a really special relationship with them. You know, we spent time together. The way that I did it, I tried to help prepare them for what God had prepared them for in life. For instance, my youngest daughter got her private pilot's license the day she graduated from high school. And that was kind of unique for her, so we prepared her for that. And I'll, I'll talk more about that, you know, unique situations in a minute. But once your kids are through high school, once they even get their driver's license, your situation changes. And if you've got kids that are younger than high school or maybe just entering high school, you think, wow, you know, I'm overwhelmed, my life's crazy. Um, life's always going to be like this and that's just not true because once your kids reach a certain age it seems like they grow double fast and you don't get that time back so I'll tell you about some of the things we did when my kids were in high school and why I'm so grateful that I had that time with them that I would not trade that for anything in the world and we did have a child my fourth son Josh um, died of leukemia when he was 17, and he was sick for 17 months, uh, for seven months, I'm sorry. He was 17 years old. And during that time, I was not able to homeschool my kids, but we just kind of gathered together and we ministered to Josh during the, that seven months. And I'm not sorry, you know, I did not put my kids back in school. We just stayed home. I had them do some reading, things that they could do on their own, they continued to do but I was busy taking him back and forth to the hospital. Life was really overwhelming. And we all just focused on spending time with him. And I'm so glad we did that. You know, it's precious time that we spent with him. So sometimes God will bring a situation into your life that you have no control over. 
And instead of just saying, oh, I need to put my kids in school, consider that maybe this is God's school for all of you as it was for us. We learned things during that time that we could never have learned through without having gone through that experience. And then the next year, we just kind of, you know, we made up for lost time, if you want to say it that way. Um, and it was not a problem. So anyway, okay, I'm going to give you some reasons why I'm glad I homeschooled through high school. And the first one is close family relationships. And this is personally my favorite reason for homeschooling. Relationships that are built now last a lifetime. I've seen it happen in my family, and it can happen in yours too. You know, sure, as my kids were growing up, they would um, have arguments. I wondered, are they ever going to get along? Seemed like they were squabbling. But those hours of character training really paid off. And when they became adults, they're each other's best friends. As I said when I first started this podcast, they really are. Looking back, that time went so quickly although day by day seemed to go slowly. Sometimes you thought the day would never end with all the challenges and struggles that you had to face. But I found when you raise your kids to have a spirit of cooperation instead of a spirit of competition with each other, they'll learn to appreciate each other's strengths and be patient with each other's weaknesses, realizing that God has a unique plan for each one. And just because one of your kids struggles in math and another's great in, in math, you know, that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. God has a plan for each one, and every one of your kids is unique. Our job as parents is to get to really know our children by studying them and watching for those God-given interests to crop up. And then we can begin plugging them into the opportunities, getting them the supplies that they need to learn to become more of the person God's created them to be. And this was one of my favorite things, just seeing those interests and those passions crop up in them and be able to get them involved in the activities or get the materials for them to pursue that interest. It was great. Um, my oldest son, he was a driver. He was very bold. He got involved in politics. And the way that God created him, you know, he can stand up when people are saying, lying about him or saying things about him, and he's just got a strong backbone. God created him that way. I'm not that way at all. My second son was very competent with practical skills. He can do anything, plumbing, carpentry. Um, he can play the piano. He's just very skilled with his hands. My third son, he stood out as a peacemaker. He kind of made peace between the older two. And, you know, you see these things crop up in your kids. We've, I had daughters that were just real people, people, and they would make other people feel comfortable. They were just great when we'd have people in our home talking to them and, and even sensing, hey, Mom, we need to have so-and-so in our home. They look like they don't have a lot of friends. You know, I asked my kids once. I said, are you glad you were homeschooled? And if you, they said they were. And if you are, why? And I love what my son Matt said. One of the reasons he was glad he was homeschooled was that he got to really know his family instead of just meeting up with them in the evening. And I love that reason. That's so important. They got to know each other. They got to experience the things that the other kids liked, and they learned from each other. 
you know, I think of my family growing up. I had a sister that was eight years older than me, and, you know, she was in high school when I was in early elementary, and our paths just did not cross very much. We didn't get to really know each other like we could have if we had been homeschooled, which back then, you know, I never heard of it. But the kids get to really benefit from knowing each other in a really special, precious way. My, one of my daughters said her brothers and sisters were her best friends. Um, that's one of the reasons that she was glad she was homeschooled. And, you know, as our kids grew up and they started to purchase homes, a lot of them would get homes that were kind of run down, and they'd help each other uh, work on their homes to make them wonderful. Um, you know, whatever work that the other one was doing, kids would chip in, and they still do that. You know, whenever there's a mission that somebody needs to accomplish, the kids will pitch in and help each other, even though they're adults, to do what needs to be done. My oldest son, I told you he was involved in politics, and it was beyond a comfort zone for many of us, but he kind of dragged us along helping put in hours working for godly candidates and... He said that he had the best campaign team in the world when he ran for um, office himself. But that's just kind of how it goes. Kids, the kids get involved with what the others are involved in, and they learn from the others' interests and passions, and it just all works together. You know, every Friday night in our house, we have family night, and I am blessed that right now all my kids live in the same town or within, say, a 20-mile radius of, of us. And we get together every Friday night. We call it family night. We will share dishes. Sometimes we'll have Italian night or have a cookout or a Mexican night. And everyone will bring food and we'll share that and have a meal together. Sometimes we sing. We play with the grandkids. We've got 23 grandchildren. And it's just a great time to be together and enjoy being together. It's kind of a highlight of our week. And... I watched, you know, through the years, my youngest daughter is only five years older than my oldest grandchild, and she would help train them. My younger kids would help train the, the grandkids. Like through the years, one time she would do obedience exercises, which is something we did with our kids to train them in first-time obedience, and my youngest would do that with the grandkids through the years. Um, it's, it's really my older kids that have children are very blessed because their younger brothers and sisters get involved with their kids and they will help them to raise them in a godly fashion. And it's just a super, super blessing. Often they'll take the grandkids out for treats, like for ice cream or take them to the park or just give the moms a break. And, you know, I don't believe our family could have accomplished this level of closeness without the advantage of having spent many hours together through the years when we were homeschooling. And learning to view it as our responsibility to pitch in and help make our brothers and sisters successful, that is our goal, not to compete with them, not to be better than them in this, but to help them be successful in how God has made them. So the second reason, lots of important lifelong impacting decisions are made during the high school years. You know, I have a sister who was a public school teacher for years, 
And once my husband asked her if she would ever consider teaching her own kids at home, and she said, oh, no, they would never listen to me. So here she was teaching hundreds of kids through the years, but her own kids wouldn't listen to her. But, there's, you know, there's truth in that statement. When we turn our kids over to professionals for years, they come to look at those professionals as the most qualified to help them. When we send our kids out of our home for six to seven hours a day or more, their allegiance is transferred in part anyway to those mentors that have their ear for so many of their waking hours. And we just need to consider that. My niece shared with me several years ago the folly of listening to her guidance counselor's advice in school. She was a brilliant student. She had great grades, and her counselor highly recommended she go to the very best colleges because she had the brains for it. Why not? So she took his advice. She graduated it from five years in five years with a master's degree in social services. But she had a pile of debt. She says she could have obtained the same degree at community college for a fraction of the debt, not to mention the indoctrination that she was subjected to and accepted for many years. She turned from that later in life. But colleges, many secular colleges, try to chip away at the values that you've worked for for years to inculcate in your kids' lives. I'm not saying never go to college, but realize that that is happening. And if college is right for your particular child, then prepare them. And I mean spiritually and biblically, even more than academically, to withstand the attacks that they will be under. And that is more so in at this day and age than ever, ever before. If you have a child pursuing a career where they must have college, like being a doctor, and you're afraid you can't prepare them academically, relax. There's so many helps out there. There's community colleges, there's online courses where they can learn right at home, there's private tutors. It is possible. So, you know, you can often do better at home with a little creativity than having to sacrifice this crucial time of your high schooler's life. They need you now more than they needed you in first grade, although <laughs> you might not want to say that to them. You know, it's at this time of life that your children begin to evaluate your values and question your beliefs sometimes. And this is a normal part of the process of learning, of growing up and learning to adopt values for yourself. Some of the best talks I've had with my teens has been after 11 o'clock at night when all the little guys were in bed. I might see one hanging around, and that was kind of my cue that something was going on in their life that they needed to talk over and throw out ideas to bounce off of you. You know, your kids don't just automatically accept your values for life without thinking it through, and thinking it through is a healthy thing. So be careful as parents not to feel threatened if it seems like they're challenging some of your core beliefs. Because in my experience, they were trying to make sense of it all, and they needed the freedom to talk it out. You know, we assume sometimes that our kids just know why we do what we do, but we often haven't taken the time to explain it to them. So they need to talk those things through with you. You know, it's crucial. It's during these crucial teen years that your kids will have questions on their mission in life, their career choice, their life direction, maybe their life partner. And you need to be their primary mentor at this time of life more than ever before. So reason number three, it's crucial during these years 
that respect is earned by the parent. And yes, I say earned. Respect is something you can't demand. Well, I guess you could demand it, but it doesn't work too well that way. It's something that's earned. And communication takes time, and time invested builds respect. You know, parenting isn't something that you can just throw in at the end of a busy day and make it work right. If your child were in school, they would have given their best waking hours and energy to other relationships. And don't fool yourself. If you send your kids to high school, it will affect their relationship with their family. And I'm not saying, don't take me wrong, I'm not saying that no one can ever raise godly kids if they send them to school. I'm not saying that at all. But I wanted the absolute best hours of my kids' day. And that requires sacrifice. You know, you have to get to really know your child and learn what makes them tick, what godly desires they have, and help them to visualize God's plan for their life. Be sensitive to their needs. You know, they might be troubled about something. It might be that you need to take them out to lunch so you can talk over what's going on in their mind or the emotions they're dealing with. I remember once my oldest son was saying that he didn't have enough time with mom, and one of my middle daughters was saying, hey, it's us middle ones that don't have enough time with mom. And my antenna kind of went up, and that was my cue, and I, I took her out to lunch that week. You know, you need to be as flexible as possible in your schedule. You need to look for those needs and be available, be flexible. When your kids are that age, sometimes you life is so much busier than when your kids were little, a different way. You know, you're not attending to all their needs like you were when they were little, but when they're older, the needs are so much greater, and they're working through things in their emotions, and they need you. They need time with you. In my family, anyway, with having 14 kids, I had daughters-in-law at the same time I had little kids, and sometimes my daughters-in-law would need to go out to lunch and discuss discuss struggles. Um, one of my daughters-in-law was the baby in her family, and her family was not super close, and she would like to go out to lunch to be mentored and talk things over and need my time. So, you know, you need to be flexible for what's going on around you. Parenting requires time, and we often need to set aside our plans to help our kids. I would help my kids do their taxes. Um, you know, I'd just try to be there to meet the needs that they had, and it requires time and effort. So there are seasons in people's lives when they don't have that time, and, you know, you might need to get some help in taking care of your, some of your kids' needs. But, but be creative, and don't just assume that if things are challenging that you need to put your kids back in school. Number four, the opportunity to individualize your teen's curriculum. This is a biggie. I grew up assuming that government schools taught the information that every child needs to know to live a successful life, and that's just not the case. Back in the early 1900s, when Russia started kind of getting ahead of us in the space race, actually the mid-50s, the schools began increasing their courses in upper sciences and math to encourage more students entering those fields. And that's great if that's where your students' interests lie, but if it's not, they don't need some of those advanced subjects that are just part of a, a general curriculum in the government schools. First of all, if there's something that your 
child needs. There are so many helps out there. So you can make use of those without the disadvantages of putting him into a government schooling situation. But evaluate those courses if they're really the best use of your student's time and energy. And that answer will vary for each one of your kids individually. For instance, if your son wants to be an electrician, he should be able to begin pursuing courses in high school that will benefit him. That's what I tried to do with my kids. He doesn't need to waste time trying to learn things that he would need to learn to be an astronaut or a doctor. You know, the government schools have long been about control, not about what's best for each child. They're designed to produce followers who don't question but just do what they're told. And I see its effect even on us parents who were trained there. You know, we just assume if this is a course that's taught in the government schools, my kids need to learn it. But you don't have to try to fit your kids into a mold the public schools have created. For instance, my oldest son was interested in government. He is now a lawyer. He got a degree in government, and then he went on to law school. He did not like math. So I gave him a basic introduction to algebra and geometry, but just very basic. I did not spend a whole year on those, a year on algebra, a year on geometry for him. When he was ready to go to college, he needed one course in math. So he went to community college. He took a two-week intensive, and he passed with a B, and he went on to um, college, got a government and communications degree, and then went on to law school, only having to have, I think, two math courses that whole time. So don't be afraid if you don't cover something that your kids need for something they are pursuing in the future, they can go to community college, they can take an intensive, they can take an online course, and at that time, they have a want to, they see a reason to accomplish a goal that they have. So if you feel like you're just pulling teeth or trying to knock a hole in their head and throw information in and it's just not going in, it might not be a subject that they need. So reevaluate that for each child individually. To be successful, you need to teach your kids how to learn, to foster a love for learning. They are born with a love for learning. So maybe I should say not just to kill their love for learning and to teach them godly character. And then they can learn anything that they need to at any time in life. Don't freak out about, oh, they haven't learned this, and this is on, this is what the public schools teach when they're eight years old, and I didn't teach that, I've messed them up for life. That's just not true. Our goal is to build self-directed learners. You don't have to know everything and spout it off to your kids. You just need to point your kids in the right direction and get the tools and the materials to help them learn who God created them to be. Learn to teach to their passions and interests. And I've done a whole podcast on this, which might help you if you want to learn more about it. But, you know, if your kids are doing a research paper, for instance, let them choose the topic, something they're interested in, whether it's hunting white-tailed deer or, or um, the Nisai soldiers in World War II. Let them choose something of interest to them instead of specifying this is what they need to do a research paper on. What I did with my daughter, one of my daughters, she kind of finished her basic education in her junior year. So the last year we spent her school hours, like the morning, every morning, in reading. 
She did a course on the Constitution. She studied current events. She studied issues. She did biographies. She did some historical stuff, some biblical worldview, some foundational topics. I gave her a book list, and she spent three hours a day just reading. And she got an excellent education. When you think about it, when else in your life would you have three hours a day to just read? So it was just amazing. I am so glad that I did that with her. Reason number five, apprenticeship opportunities. Vody Bauckham talks about how loan companies give cuts to colleges for student loans because it's lifelong rewards for the loan companies. We often encourage students to go into debt to get a good education, and instead they end up having to pay off loans for years to come. Instead of getting ahead, we're actually setting them back. Many times they never use what they went to college for. College is not for everybody. It is for some, but it's not for everybody. One of my daughters-in-law was discouraged from many church members even. She gave up a scholarship to get married to my son. But she is not, she does not regret doing that. You know, you need to evaluate how God is leading in your kids' lives as to help them find the direction to point them in. Expose your kids to apprenticeship opportunities to let them see how they would like a field before committing themselves to it. You know, a lot of kids go to college and then they find out, I did not want, I don't, don't want to do what this degree would enable me to do. So they change their major, they waste a lot of time and money. We would invite people into our home and I would ask them what their vocation is and how they got into it and if they're glad they're in that vocation, if they went to college to get that vocation, if they would do that again. Even like letting your kids go apprentice with an individual, if they think they might like to be an electrician and you can find an electrician for them to ride along with for a week, that would be a great way to see if, yeah, this is something I want to do or no, I don't want to do that at all. You know, all our boys were apprenticed in the drywall trade because that's what my husband did at the time. And although they might not have liked it at the time, I think they were thankful because it enabled them to reach their goals. My oldest son put himself through college and then law school doing drywall. And my, I had another son who started his own drywall business when he was 19 because his goal was to have a house paid for with no mortgage. And he accomplished that. And then he got into another field and did not stay in drywall. So let your kids get a head start when they're in those high school years of developing their careers. We would let our kids live at home as long as they wanted to, start their businesses, save their money instead of going into debt. Save your money, build up a nest egg for what you want to do. And we found out that that worked very well for our kids. Not very many of them went to college. A lot of them were entrepreneurial, started their own businesses. Some of them got jobs, but they looked more towards saving money and building for the future instead of going into debt. So I am going to stop right there and we're going to continue this next week. But I've got five more reasons that I want you guys to hear. So I hope you enjoyed being with us today. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week with why I'm glad I homeschool through high school.